Welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walters Show here on the Red Sky Radio Network, the very first program of 2024. Well, a prayer from last year was answered, and that was that we would make it through 2023. So uh, I guess the same applies for 2024, maybe with even greater urgency as we see this country overrun with all sorts of problems which we have invited upon ourselves, But I am going to start this program a little bit differently in that I'm starting the first program of the new year and the very beginning of that first program with an apology. If you heard last week's program, I totally and completely shredded Taylor Swift. I'm not going to even tell you what I said, because if I said it, I would have to then apologize again. If you want to stop a rumor, you don't stop a rumor by telling people what the rumor was that you're trying to stop, but you tell them. Okay, so I'm not going to do that. And frankly, I need to say that everything I said about her was absolutely true. But I didn't need to say it. That's the difference. I did not need to say what I said. And so I apologize because I colored outside the lines. I went off the rails, took it over the edge, which sometimes I am wont to do. I apologize. Let's clear that up right away. Hope we didn't lose any listeners who are Taylor Swift fans. But uh, you don't need to be a Taylor Swift fan because this woman, I will just say, uh, notwithstanding her external appearance and behavior, is ridiculously and incredibly evil. And unless you know her well, you won't know how bad she is and the influence she's having on particularly young girls, but even a broader population is alarming. Sort of like, um, you know what? I've got to stop there. Okay, next thing. I mentioned last week at the tail end of the program that we were going to cover things as they would pop up in 2024 that weren't necessarily directly political, but there were simply things that I feel like uh, I, I've observed or epiphanies or some revelation, I think, that may have come from God as to how to better our life, particularly given the challenges that we are going to have. How do we do things smarter? That, that article that I mentioned last week dealt with Chinese-grown garlic, which I don't want to repeat. It's nasty. The garlic... Not all the garlic in the United States comes from China, but some of it does. And it is gross. It's obscene. It's horrific. It's not healthy. And if the Chinese are trying to wreck us at all, they're trying to wreck us 25 to 55 different ways. Sorry, that seems to be the truth. What do you expect from a godless country hates Jesus Christ, imprisons people who preach the gospel? Why would you expect truth, kindness, generosity, or civility from a civilization that seems to be um, driven by leaders who are fighting for pole position in the race to hell. 
Well, one of those things happened to be that garlic thing. So our food supply, and you know, it was only in the last, what, six to eight weeks, I've really started to read about how our food supply is actually in jeopardy. And isn't, I mean, wasn't it Satan that said, you know, man will give anything for a loaf of bread? He'll sell a soul for that, and there's some measure of truth. Maybe, gosh, was that Satan or was it Stalin? <laughs> Sorry, it, it really doesn't matter. It would fit any one of the three. The originator of evil and then two who are animated by the originator of evil. Well, I said at that time, if something pops up, I will pass it on, and I'm going to pass on this thing that came up the other day in the store. Uh, I'm from the Midwest. I love potatoes. I could have potatoes three times a day. I grew up with only two kinds of meals, meat and potatoes, and potatoes and meat. That was it. And I was fine, and I still would be fine. My wife is from San Diego, and she is a rice fan. And uh, if we have potatoes, I have to peel those puppies, and I am happy to do it. That's what I got to do to get to mashed potatoes, fried potatoes, scalloped potatoes, um, whatever. I grew up in a family of nine. We always called it scalped potatoes, and my mother never corrected us. So I still struggle with that today. But this epiphany or revelation from God, I'm in the store because there's a special on potatoes. I get two five-pound bags at the store, and I'm carrying them to the checkout. And I'm thinking, so I got five pounds in each hand. I said, I can't believe how heavy 10 pounds of potatoes is. And I started to think, this is what you're getting rid of if you could lose 10 pounds. And you needed to lose 10 pounds. Or this is what you are picking up. Wait, why? Every single step of the day, every stair tread you go up, that you are carrying these extra 10 pounds. I could not believe how heavy it was. And I thought, okay, I, I'm six foot. I weigh about 183. I'm not overweight, although my target's about 177, which I get down to until we hit Christmas and then it pops up. And then I spend the rest of the year getting back to 177.6. It's my target. Why? Because 1776 is a very special number to me. A very special year, actually. But that was my thought. If I gain 10 pounds, look at the extra weight I am placing on my ankles, my knees, my hips, my joints. I want to be fit. I want to, you know, Paul talks about the race. And, uh, and you know, he, raced, he races to win. Well, how can he race to win if you aren't fit? I understand he has a spiritual application there. But I want to be physically fit to the very end. I don't want to take myself out by virtue of bad habits. And so, I, this is pretty amazing. I got to the checkout, and I said to the guy there, who was probably 30, 35-ish, and a little pudgy, and I said, you know, pick up these two pounds of, or these two bags of five pounds of potatoes. He looked at me, he picked them up. They said, yeah. I said, you know what? I'm not saying you need to lose weight, but if you lost 10 pounds, that's the weight you're taking off your ankles, your knees, your hips. And if you gain another 10 pounds, that's what you're adding. And he looked at me absolutely stunned. And he goes, oh, my gosh. 
it was an epiphany to that man, that young man. And so I spent too much time on this, but I would tell you to do this. The next time you go to the store, find two bags of five pounds of potatoes, pick one up in each hand, and then think, if I gain 10 pounds, this is what I'm adding and taxing my body with. And uh, if I lose 10 pounds, this is what I'm taking. This is the load I'm taking off my body. Trust me, you can do more witnessing. You can do more for the Lord if you have a fitness that enables you to do so. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. For those of you who are shut in for other reasons, there's a lot you can do. And maybe whatever the issue is was had nothing to do with lifestyle or what. But you got to be able to run the race to run a race. you got to be able to run it and run it with all diligence and uh, do what you can, and i got to move on. Now, this next piece is a good news thing that I want to share. So we're back to good news. And it deals with a court case coming out of the Fifth Circuit where Biden, this is how evil this man is, although he may be simply the conduit of evil coming from B.O. himself, Barack Hussein Obama, or who and whoever is giving him odors, <laughs> executive odors. That's what uh, Joe Biden emits. But he was trying to force the state of Texas under legislation called the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act to force these hospitals to provide abortions in Texas on the contention that somebody coming in and wanting an abortion should be treated as an emergency. You see, the devil, in other words, Joe Biden and others animated by the devil like Joe, Cammie, Gavin Gruesome, never saw a live baby that he ever really apparently liked. If people are this evil in one way, they'll be evil in all sorts of ways. Right? It's a reprobate mind. And reprobate minds aren't confined to, oh, I, I go to church, I don't support abortion, but I love queer sex. No, look, if you've got a reprobate mind, as it talks about in Romans 1, it's going to infect every other value that person has when they're really that bad off. It, that kind of evil metastasizes within the person, then the family, the community, maybe the church, and certainly the present administration in Washington, D.C. As I mentioned last week, the highest percentage of homosexuals anywhere in the world are at the seat of government. 14.4% are queer. Now, that's a whole other story, which I'm going to save for another week. But Texas said, no, you can't do this. This is not the way that the law should be interpreted. So Biden was saying that anybody comes in the emergency room wanting an abortion, the, the, the doctors have to give it because all the person has to say, it's an emergency, it's an emergency, i gotta I got to have an abortion, i got to kill my, this child. And, that's, and they should ask no questions after that. So I want to thank not only the state of Texas, but two other organizations, which I'm putting on my list to sort of ask potentially new doctors that maybe might enter into my life, whether they're part of this one of these associations. And I'm not going to say that I wouldn't use them if they weren't, but there's the American Association 
of pro-life obstetricians and gynecologists. Now that, Dr. Chain, is not going to come into my life, right? Not at my age, not at my gender. But it's something I will pass on to daughter-in-law, granddaughters who are very, very young, but someday they will be at that age. And the other group is the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Christian Medical and Dental Association. I'd kind of like to support those groups by using doctors that um, are participants in those groups. But Texas was the lead. And so a lower court said, no, this is the improper use of this legislation. Hospitals don't have to provide abortions as emergency care. So uh, Biden, uh, who can't stop with any uh, speed bump on the path to hell, appeals. And it goes to the appeals court, the Fifth Circuit. But the appellate judges agreed with the lower court. Said, no, you know, this is not the right use. Said, hospitals quoting, especially emergency rooms are tasked with, catch this, preserving life. Gee, what a dink that the Hippocratic Oath deals with saving lives, and that's what hospitals are about. And Biden wants to interpret emergency as the necessity to kill life, not preserve it. One of the lawyers said, quote, doctors shouldn't be forced to break the Hippocratic Oath. They shouldn't have to choose between violating their deeply held beliefs or facing stiff financial penalties and being barred from the medical program. Emergency room physicians can and do treat life-threatening conditions such as ectopic pregnancies. But elective abortion is not life-saving care. It ends the life of an unborn child. It doesn't save the life. We are pleased that the courts are allowing emergency rooms to fulfill their primary function to save life, not to end life. Ah, how about that? Well, this is good news. If it goes to the Supreme Court, it will certainly be upheld. I would think this would be a precedent for other districts, except maybe those that are just staffed with Obama appointees and Biden appointees. But there's something I want to raise here in this context. While I am thrilled about this result, I am increasingly concerned and disturbed about having everything based upon one's sincerely and deeply held religious beliefs. I am. I mean, are there sincere and deeply held religious beliefs that would impact this? Yes. But there's a lot of sincerely and deeply held religious beliefs by those that are by individuals whose deeply and sincerely held religious beliefs are entirely incompatible with the founding principles and a belief in God upon which this country was established. The Hindus are just in this country. They don't want to they don't eat meat. Okay, fine, don't eat meat, but don't carry your gripe to not being able to work in a meatpacking plant. And after all, you aren't called there to kill the cow. The cow's already dead. How about the Satanists 
who are erecting things in the Capitol, like they did in the Capitol in Des Moines, Iowa. Chris, how about the Islam, the Islamists trying to force people to not sell Hebrew national wieners? I love Hebrew nationals. It's the only ones I eat. I'm going to only eat something kosher, but it doesn't not going to be halal, which is the Islamic kosher equivalent. You see, these are all deeply held religious beliefs, and they are, but they are not a strength to our country. I'm going to say something that may shock you, but religious diversity is not a strength. It is the death knell to a civilization and a culture. Religious diversity is not a strength. We were strong when we're not diverse, but we are not strong now when we are diverse and everybody sues everything, everybody else contending it's a deeply held religious belief with religious beliefs that have been incorporated and sucked into this country and are polluting and diluting our Christian, Judeo-Christian heritage. I've said this before, and people say, oh, diversity, diversity. Diversity doesn't mean jack crap squat diddly. It does not. In As a word, it means nothing. Is it a good thing? When we're talking about investing, yes, diversity means everything. The words of Solomon. To divide your assets between six, if not seven categories. I shared that with two more people just yesterday. Long-term Christians. It opened their eyes. They wanted to know what to invest. I said, you know, hey, I'm not the guru. I've had winners and I've had stinkers. And fortunately, the winners outweigh the stinkers, and I'm still solvent. I haven't had to file bankruptcy. But I do follow Solomon's advice to divide them into six or seven asset classes because who knows what disaster shall come upon the earth. Not if a disaster, but what disaster. So that's all I told them. So diversity has value when it's rooted in the word of God. But does diversity have value in a platoon of soldiers? Take 42 guys where there's six languages and the drill, the drill sergeant or whoever is in charge of that in the training uh, knows English. A confused order. People don't understand. No, they all need to speak English. If you're going to serve in the military, you need to speak fluent English and understand it. Otherwise, we're just we're just wish, we're, we're inviting a disaster. We're inviting a disaster with a religious diversity because it divides. And I'm going to say something right here: Satanism, Hinduism, Islam—none of them are equal to Christianity. The three are false. Certainly, Satanism is being demonic. Christianity is truth. We were fine as a Christian nation. Culturally speaking, we were fine. As is Saudi Arabia culturally okay as an Islamic nation, or uh, India culturally okay as a Hindu nation. I'm not. This is not a call to not evangelize by no means. But the point is to not go in there and totally disrupt the social order by suing, which you can't do in Saudi Arabia anyway, or in some form in India for 
the Christians to have the same equal footing as the Hindus. Right? Like we do here in this country. Don't erupt. It's phony, phony religions are a significant part of Satan's attempt to destroy the United States. Now, I'm going to make two points here in conclusion of something I took a lot longer to cover, but I think it is important. I am Number one, I am thrilled that this court did not rely on the religious, sincerely and deeply held religious belief theory. As I told you, Christianity is no higher than, any, than Satanism in the courts anymore. That's not the answer. And, you know, and I can't stand it when I hear a preacher say, I believe this and I believe that. and I, be I don't give a rat's rear end, man, what you believe. Just quote the word of God. Just stand for the word of God and don't fiddle and dink around with your own personal interpretation of Scripture and trying to try to convince people that what you believe is correct because you believe it. Well, I believe this is how the things end, end, end up at the end of the world. No, just quote the word. This court did not fall for the sincerely and deeply held religious belief argument, even though that was argued. They simply dealt with the facts. They, they did a Joe Friday analysis. Just the facts, ma'am. Dragnet. Tells you how old I am. Now I only saw it in reruns. Just the, fa the, the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Give us the facts. The facts are this bill was designed to preserve life in conjunction with the Hippocratic Oath, not to kill people and end life. When is killing an innocent unborn child ever an emergency? The court saw it. Now, point number two to my point of the infection of the United States with false religions. I'm going to take you to a Bible passage that should be pretty instructive of this, and it comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 25. And I'm going to read this and then explain why this applies to this country right now and why it is part of our destruction, which God is clearly allowing. Oh, my gosh. Be sure and hear Sunday morning with Robin Walter later this, this weekend, or I don't know when you're hearing this. It's number 18, and it will explain why we have the pro-queer marriage bills and why we have this, the, the, the abortion bills and all of this stuff. It's going to blow you away. It's going to reorient some of your theology. And that's all that program is about, is Scripture. But I'm going to bring this one into this program, and then I'll explain afterwards. Verse 1, chapter 25, Numbers. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Foreigners, different ethnicity, only the daughters. Okay, now before you jump to conclusions, I'm going to continue. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined itself to Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun. In other words, go hang them for the period of time that the sun is up. Then you've got to take them down. That the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned 
away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his man that's joined unto Baal Peor. Well, how were they joined to Baal Peor? Because the men were marrying women of a false religion. I'm going to continue here. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianite woman. And the sight of Moses and the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the Lord. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into his tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stopped from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were 24,000. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake among them that I consumed not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Wherefore, say, behold, I give unto him. This is interesting here. I give unto this man who, who, without being asked or ordered, took a javelin and killed two people, thrust them through, engaged in the act of absolute manifest vigilantism. Vigilantism? I don't even know. I'm struggling. Vigilante. That's what he became. Vigilant. I gave unto him a covenant of peace. So the one who goes out and slays two people with a javelin, unasked, unprovoked, not he was provoked, unasked, not commanded, he is given a covenant of peace to restore order. And why? Because the children of Israel, the men, married Moabites. Now, does this mean that there shouldn't be any marriage between black and white or between American and European or between a Canadian and an African or between... Um, what was it? Somebody told me the other day they, uh, their ancestry was Chinese and uh, Spanish, I think. I don't know what it was. Does it mean that's wrong? Absolutely not. But you see, for the most part, the Moabites served, a pagan, served pagan gods. And I can prove that some mixed marriages are totally fine because Ruth was a Moabite, right? But she said to Naomi, your God, meaning the Lord God, Jehovah, will be my God. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my, my God. In essence, Ruth became a Jew when she, she went to Israel with Naomi, submitted herself. Jehovah became her God. So it was not a mixed marriage of spiritual consequences for Boaz to marry Ruth. And Ruth and Boaz, guess what? Are the great-grandparents of David, who is in the lineage, ancestral line, upline from Joseph and Mary. Not Mary, but of Joseph. So Jesus, the son of David, David, the great-grandson of a Moabitess woman and Boaz. And they're called, she's called a Moabitess not because of her religion, because of her ethnicity. 
but she became a believer. And so what happened here, these men were apparently, apparently the Moabite women were babes because they were marrying them like crazy. But when they married them, they succumbed to the Moabite religion and they then a foreign religion, an ungodly religion was introduced into Israel. And 24,000 died. That's what's happened in this country. And I'm, and you may think this is a singular situation. The Old Testament is replete with men marrying badly, marrying into a wrong religion. Would I marry a woman who wasn't a Christian? Of course not. Am I going to marry an Islamic woman? No. Am I going to marry a Hindu? No, I'm not. Because that's, I'm, I'm joined, I'm, I'm being unequally yoked. I don't hate the people, but you don't introduce falsehood into an environment that was established in truth. This is what has happened with the leveling of all religions in this country, and that it be now is a meaningless thing to marry by a Christian, it seems like, into other faith traditions, if you want to use the word of the culture. Don't go away. This is Robin Walter with The Robin Walter Show. We will be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 
And I'm going to prove that point here with one story. Chicago, suburbs, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, parades? Yeah, that's fine. Love Christmas. Love Christmas parades. They're not usually on Christmas because it takes away from the time for people to be with their families. But there was another Christmas parade that was not talked about in the media because the media doesn't have the guts to be truthful, more of which we'll cover in just a second. And what was this? It was an enormous group of Palestinian American truckers driving through the Chicago suburbs on Christmas Day, waving their piece of crap, green, red, black, and white flags while honking in solidarity with the people of Gaza. Reading from Breitbart, quote, Hundreds of local Palestinian Americans rallied in the southwest suburbs Monday in a truck caravan, many blaring their horns, flying the Palestinian flags. For the rally began at 1 p.m. and included, at a minimum, apparently, 150 semi-trucks. So guess what? So we got the Palestinians delivering our food. How quickly, as they grow in number, in number, and are added to the trucking corps. You see, the American trucker is not the so-called alleged redneck southern guy who plays country music 24 hours on the radio anymore. No, they're flying green, red, black, and white flags shouting out uh, allegiance to Hamas and Palestine and Gaza. Get them out of here. Easier than getting them out of here is don't let them in. The social-cultural fabric has clearly been polluted, but it's polluting and diluting our religious tradition because what Gavin Grusom did not have the cojones, didn't have the cojones to have a Christmas tree lighting as they had in Sacramento because he was fearful of the Palestinians in Sacramento who were support Hamas. Now, it doesn't take much to pollute somebody like Newsom who's already polluted. You know, it'd be kind of like throwing vomit in a toilet that's already filled with, well, you know, something else. But that's the point. This is not what the left says of Trump, that he's a Nazi and he's going for Aryan purification of the United No, that's what they want to call that. Keep in mind, Hitler was queer. He had He was screwed up in a whole lot of... You don't believe that. Read Bonhoeffer. I just finished it. 560 pages. A great book. A fabulous book, which, well, anyway, I'm digressing. But does this impact what the universities teach? Of course. What the universities crank out? Of course. Who ends up in the media? Who ends up in government? Who ends up? I mean, the more queerdom gets right, should it be a surprise that 14, 4% of of, of of uh, Washington, D.C. as queer as a $3 bill? Listen to this. In 1971, 53 years ago now, 32% of journalists were Republicans. 35% were Democrats. 11 years later, 
the number of journalists that were Republican dropped from 32 to 19. In 2013, the number of journalists that re identified as Republican dropped from 19% to 7%. That was in 2013. Now, where are we today? Today, we have gone from 2013, which is 2023, 7% of the journalists being Republican down to 3.4% of journalists are Republican. Is that something? I mean, 36% identifies Democrats and 52% identifies independents, most often of which, in fact, almost all the time, they vote, act, speak, disseminate literature as a Democrat, but they call themselves Republicans. So in 52 years, we've gone from 32% of journalists being Republican down to 3.4. And where did that occur? Harvard, Yale, all these screwed up piece of crap universities that teach anti-Semitism and are gone fully woke and they aren't anything what they used to be, most of which were basically seminaries you get back a couple hundred years ago. That's right. And th that's what they teach. This is why the universities are anti-Semitic. I mean, goodness sakes, what Harvard has something like 30 pro-Palestinian groups, 30 and they and they have a they really have a problem with the young Americans for freedom coming on and giving a speech, or uh, Kirk Cameron coming on and doing a speech. Their their schools that won't even allow young Republicans, and there aren't enough Republicans on the campus to even give a, up a, give a fight. Is it any surprise that we are going down the toilet? The question is: Are we have we been are we in the mid flush, or we are about to get flushed? Well, I want to read something to you, and um, I just need to read it. But before I do it, this is kind of stuff that just drives me crazy. You know what? I'm going to save this article for next week. It's a digression. It takes me off topic. It's a reason I got rid of callers. We don't have a call-in show anymore because callers are just well-intentioned, but maybe used it by the devil to just take me off topic. No, we don't do that anymore. I want to read to you something written by Michael Massey. Michael Massey is a great conservative Christian man. He became a Christian and he became an ordained minister. Incredibly thoughtful, erudite, intellectual, articulate. In its, and I've read from him before, and because some of the comments might make more sense given the context, Michael Massey is black. The left hates him. Particularly white leftist elitists hate him because of an influence he has on shining a light on the Democrat Party. And his role, notable along with some other blacks, in attempting and to some extent helping lead other blacks off the plantation. But you may want to look this up and read it for yourself and save it, but I am going to read from it because he says things 
I don't want to say this because what he's saying is what I've been saying, even though that's true. I like to quote other people that have been saying what I'm saying or I'm saying what they've been saying just to show you that I'm not the only one. I'm not just the wild-haired guy from Michigan here who is who uh, goes off the rails every now and then about Taylor Swift or somebody. But there's other people here who see this as I have seen it. And to me, it's a confirmation that the message that I preach, more or less, needs to go out, get out, stay out, and be spread. But he did a piece called The 2024 Battle Plan to Save a Near-Dead Nation. Quote, and this is a long quote, just how many elephants and tigers are there roaming the forest and flatlands of America? The short answer is an emphatic none. Yet this past Christmas, I saw television commercials begging for money to save elephants, tigers, dogs, and cats. But I saw no commercials with Hollywood actors doing voiceovers to save children from being murdered by their mothers and so-called doctors. October 7, 2023. We saw depraved people so demonically driven that they only marginally qualified as humans. We watched them, we observed them, I guess didn't observe them, but they, in a second, I, I decided to paraphrase, which I shouldn't have done. Let me just read what he wrote. We saw depraved people so demonically driven that they only marginally qualified as humans slaughter and butcher women, children, babies, old and young, without provocation. They were inhumane to the point of making the late Idi Amin the African genocidal animal who barbarically slaughtered massive numbers of his own people look quasi-kind and loving. And instead of disgust and outrage for what sane people would view as indefensible behavior, college and university campuses became cheering sections for what had been done. Students celebrated the murder of the Jews, but they didn't stop there. They held protests and rallies calling for the total extermination of Jews. Some Jewish people were refused services, even to the point of receiving medical attention, and it was done here in America. The leadership of the institutions openly supported the discrimination against Jewish students. The rise of overt, unrestrained, visceral anti-Semitism exploded exponentially. Jewish, Jewish people were and are now still openly attacked in the streets. Protesters who supported the murderous attack on Israel closed down major highways in Los Angeles. Government officials who were selected by heretofore thought to be at least marginally sane individuals posed with a phony flag of an area of land Arabs have historically never had a right to. Elected individuals have placed these flags inside the government buildings that are taxpayer-maintained. The deconstruction of family, which not so long ago was viewed as the bedrock of America, 
was codified by an administration that's more corrupt than the bootlegger barons of the Prohibition era. And all that with a political party Biden represents not secretly controlled, not so secretly controlled by Obama, who boasts of his insatiable thirst to be sodomized by other men. Public schools, and sadly an ever-growing number of private, fraudulently identified Christian schools, are supporting the genital mutilation and behavioral modification of children to believe what only a short time ago would have led to institutionalization and to treat what is obviously a mental illness. But today such induced abnormal and paganistic demonic behavior is forced upon children. <sighs> Had enough? Sorry, I'm not quite done. Continuing. Psalm 11 appropriately states, if the foundations be destroyed or removed, what can the righteous do? What can the righteous do? We're going to have a whole program on that. But he goes on to state, quote, the foundations America was founded upon were freedom of worship, family, education, and yes, a strong military. And then he's speaking. He said, I gave a speech a couple years ago at a political event that these foundations were on life support. And in only two years, with the exception of the strongest and most dedicated individuals, those foundations are now at the morgue. Americans, with the exception of the most determinedly unwavering, seem to be eagerly and foolishly complicit in the death of a nation that was the envy of the civilized world. Whatever lie, whatever damnable doctrine and edict that's used to pollute our way of life is embraced. And he said, what I've just stated are facts. But one of those facts is the death of America and the ushering in of the last days as biblically prophesied. Wow, right? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And if the righteous don't speak up, somebody's going to speak for them. We are coming to a point in this country, this program and Sunday morning with Robin Walter, just coming from the same objective but by two different paths, is going to deal further with what you have to do. I personally, personally, and the reason I read this is because I wanted somebody else to say what I have been saying. I wanted somebody else to understand that um, there are some people with bigger microphones, smarter than I, uh, ministries that have a greater reach than what these programs reach, that are saying now the same thing. Not to affirm what me, because what Michael Massey is saying He's been saying for a long time and feeling what I've been saying. I've been saying for a long time and I'm feeling I'm just we're starting to connect dots. We're sort of like ground squirrels. You don't see that there's not much contact underground, but then they pop up above ground and they look around and they see, 
you know, four or five others around the field that got their head popped up and think, gosh, you know what? I'm not alone. I'm not the only ground squirrel. Well, we may be underground. We may not see each other much. As you would find out when you read the book Bonhoeffer, the clear paradigm even that pre-World War II Germany is offering to us in this country as a warning sign for not what awaits us, but what is already here. So when Michael Massey says, I believe this country is gone, it's dead. These principles are in the morgue. They are. They say, well, not everybody believes that. Well, no. When Israel got judged, not everybody got judged. I mean, the Lord said to Elijah, I've got 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. And if you heard the program on Sunday morning with Robin Walter a few weeks back called The Remnant, it was very, very well received and widely heard. You'll get my point. God has a remnant, but the remnant has never stood in God's way of judging the other 99% or whatever it is. So if you're wondering, do I believe that this country is, is gone? The answer is, yes, I do. But I want to hasten the more important comment here. You may agree with me, or you may disagree with me. But I'd like you to agree with my plan, regardless of what you think. And that is just because I do believe it's God, I mean it's gone. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to do everything possible that I can and feel called to do to prove myself wrong. Look, I'm a post-trib rapture guy. There isn't anybody in this whole world who would desire and wish my understanding of Scripture to be incorrect than I. But we pay a price. Oh my gosh, I'm reading the book of Daniel early this morning. How about the last days and the Antichrist overcoming? The Antichrist. Okay, are we in the tribulation? Yeah, if it's the Antichrist and he's out in the open, so it's the last three and a half years, overcoming the saints. Overcoming, as in killing. The book of Hebrews talks about those who are steadfast unto the end, even unto their death, and that include those who got sawed in half. Are you kidding me? This, I'm not saying... These are the kinds of judgments that await this country. The fact of the matter is, we get the government we deserve, and Barack Obama and Joe Biden are part of the judgment. You see, when God brought in somebody like Eglon, who is a Moabite fat man, obese, yeah, overweight, yeah, not, but beyond that, he was just plain fat. And he ruled Israel for eight, I think it was eight years. He was in charge. And that was when Ehud rose up, took a knife, and stuck it in the guy's belly. Lost, he was so fat, he lost his knife. And then he had to run out without his knife. Didn't have his bowie knife. Killed the guy, killed the leader of the country. Am I suggesting that? No, I'm not. 
But what I am saying is it wasn't contrary to God's understanding of what needed to be done to deal with what? A takeover by a foreign power that was a judgment upon Israel. God calls up resin. He calls up, um, I forgot the other, there are multiple times when God calls up those from the outside to come in and perform judgment against those who know better, should know better, will not learn, have had much provided for them to whom much is given, much is required, but then they have given God the finger, as has this administration, as has Barack Hussein Obama. They're here as judgment for a nation that will not repent. I do want you to, I just, I want to end this program encouraging you to listen to the Sunday morning with Robin Walter program because you're going to see that in the coming uh, days in this country, as the judgment gets more intense, we have more illegals coming into this country. You know, you know, here's a problem. All the Palestinian supporters aren't at Harvard, Yale, U of M, and all these other schools. They're here. There are now some of them are our truck drivers who do not like this country, but they come here to exploit it. They come here for whatever reason as part, frankly, of God's judgment. And we have religions that are getting our faith is getting neutered by the imposition of false faiths in our schools, the elimination of faith, period. We are paying the price, and the judgment in part comes by the leaders that God had brought in, and I just used Eglon as an example, brought to Israel. He brought to them bad people to be in charge so that Israel would pay the price and finally, hopefully, come to the conclusion that maybe we screwed up. Some of the judgments were so bad, it was obvious that the people would never come to that. And God's Spirit would, no, would not always strive with man. As he said before, he destroyed the human race, save Noah and his family. This is where this is not the launch to 2024 that you want. But it's the launch that's necessary. I'm not expecting this program to grow significantly any more than the message of Ezekiel was widely received in Israel. So Watchman on the Wall program Ezekiel was not liked by virtually anybody. Jeremiah wasn't liked by anybody. In fact, he lamented the day he was born. Why would you have me born, God? Why don't you just kill me on the birthing stool? Then to put up with all of the pushback that come from the people who do not want to hear God's word, don't want to hear that we're on the wrong path, don't want to hear that we must, uh, we must do something now, starting with repenting, leading our families to the Lord, and get down to business of having done all to stand, to stand therefore. We need more Phineases. I'm not saying you grab a javelin and look for two people to stab through, but look for somebody who's not waiting for the approval of some government to do what you know has to be done. 
to stop the plague that is destroying this country. Wow. With all that, I encourage you to sit tall, America. Sit tall in the saddle. Remember your ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you.